so so today's topic is about who is your daddy or who's your daddy Kaylee do you know who your daddy is well, and you know that because you've been what? You've been around me your whole life. You've seen me. You've seen that. You know, and you know, and, and, and some of us have our fathers and some of us don't. But the reality is, is all of us have someone that we look up to. All of us have someone that we say, hey, you're my father. Or I look up to you as a father figure. You know, and I've had the pleasure throughout my life. You know, not only did I have my dad, but I have a father-in-law that I look up to him as my father as well because he He's taught me a lot. Now, if you think I'm a grill master, well, then I've learned how to grill from my, from my father-in-law. You know, so that was something my dad never taught me. That was something my father-in-law taught me. My mom taught me how to cook in the kitchen, and that's kind of been perfected through the years. I'm not saying that I'm a bomb cook, but I'm just saying I ain't never heard nobody say, hey, man, I don't really like your food, buddy, you know. You know, I have some say, well, my wife had better, but they didn't ever say, hey, I don't like your food, and that's fine. You know, that's neither here nor there. But we've all had that someone or those someones that we've looked up to, uh, whether they were a man or a woman. So they be, they become a mentor to us. They become someone that, that we may see as a an advisor or someone spiritual. Uh, so we've all had those in our life. And and the scripture that I want to come from today. Uh, so so of course, since we're not in a series, I don't have a subtitle. So so today's title is our title. Uh, but today we're going to start reading in the book of Romans, chapter 8, verses 14. And some of us may have, and some of us may have not seen this scripture before. Some of us uh, may, this may just seem to just be an ordinary because it just says a few words within this scripture. But I want to begin to break this down today. And, and, and I really want to talk about the reality. I want to talk about the justness of who the children of God are. So we'll be reading in uh, chapter 8, verses 14. And Paul wrote this, just in case y'all didn't know, he wrote this by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And he said, for, for all who are led by the Spirit are children of God. And when we begin to look at this word here, maybe I should have underlined it when I put it in here, but when we see the word children, in some translations, and like your King James Version, it's going to say, are sons of God. Uh, but I like the, the way the translations just really break it down now. and he, he, he lists us men and women as children of God and not just sons of God. But but when we begin to look into the Greek context of this scripture, um, as we look a little closer to the word children in this passage of scripture, we will see that there are two Greek words, two Greek words for the word son or slash children. And Brother Brent, I do have your notes upstairs, and I'll give those to you at the, at the end. I do apologize. I forgot about that this morning, uh, but I do have them printed. And there's two Greek words uh, that, that goes along with this word children, so when you can begin to translate. So let, now let's just think about this for a minute. Uh, like, uh, Richie's very fluent in Spanish. His Spanish is beautiful. My wife's very fluent in Spanish, and when they begin to talk, I'm like, Okay, I don't know what you're saying, but man, that sounds really beautiful. Um, you know, but there are some words, you know, that, that sound the same, but they carry two different meanings. You may say a word, 
and and I can't really think of one right off the top of my head. I can't even think of one in English to be honest with you. But when you when you begin to say this word, you can it can be translated this word or it can be translated this word. It, they carry two different meanings if I could say it that way. So so this is the very same thing that we see in this scripture right here is that the Greek word for this for children's or sons is, is he's, you're either going to use one or you're going to use the other. So the first word that it could be on our next slide is the Greek word called technon. And technon means this, a true child or one that is born or a seed of a particular lineage. If we could just really say it this way, a genuine descendant. Meaning, I am really my dad's son. Kaylee is truly my daughter. She is my descendant. And then, then there's another word for the Greek. And the second Greek word for children or sons is called weos. And weos means this. One that is adopted but is entitled to the same rights and privileges from the basis of their political stance and by the display of their character. Now, if we could just really begin to think about uh, the essence of what Paul was speaking about in, in Romans chapter 8, verses 14, he said, For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. So, And so the good news that I have for you is that he was not talking about a true descendant of God. What he was talking about here was the word weos. And so when we begin to think about that those that are led by the Spirit of God are truly the children of God. So, so those children that he's using here is the word weos. And they have become children or they have become an heir, if I could say it that way, H-E-I-R. They have become an heir based off of their political stance or by the display of their character. So, so when we begin to look at it this way, uh, my daughter Marissa, she's not legitimately my child. I'm not her biological father, but the essence is, is I've raised her. So what has happened is that she has begun to portray some of my characteristics. Why? Because she's spent time with me. She's been with me. Uh, she's seen me talk. She's heard me talk. She's heard me preach. She's seen the life that I live. So a lot of decisions that she's made throughout her life has been a basis of how, how she has seen dad make calls. You know, and in the same reference that, that this is the same reference to so many people that, that now let's just take about, you know, let's just think about a family or a child that's been adopted. You know, they don't carry, they don't carry the physical traits of their parents, right? They don't look like their mom or their dad because they're not biologically theirs, but they've become an heir because they've been adopted. You know, and that's who we are, is that we became adopted by God because we're not truly the children of God. We're not the true descendants of God, but we have become an heir to God's kingdom. And, and he said, those that are led by the Spirit are truly the heirs of God. So, so when we begin to think about that, is that we really begin to think about who our daddy is is been based off of by how we act and how we carry ourselves. So, uh, and, and I know this morning that, 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 that this could seem to be a harsh, this could seem to be 
uh, man, you are really stepping all over my toes here today, Pastor. But the reality is, is that these words aren't hitting your toes. They're going to hit your heart because that's where they're aiming for. You know, and these have been words that's been so true in my life and, and, and the way that God has called me to portray myself. So God is calling each one of us into the very same thing here, you know, if, if we could. So, so as, as we saw this taking place here, so I'm just going to read just a few things off of my notes here uh, just to kind of make this purposeful. So as we go back to this passage of Scripture, the terminology of children of God is not the basis of being a descendant, but being an heir by their stance for the kingdom of God. Because we talked about a political stance. So when we think about a kingdom, then we're, we're, we, you can kind of view that as a political stance, if we may. So how our characteristics portray the maturity of who our Father really is. How we walk, how we talk, associate, and manifest in this journey that so many people call life is a fulfillment of who we resemble. So it's not about who we look like, it's about who we act like. And we, we have begun to act like that person because we've done what? We've spent time with them. We've devoted who we are to them. What Our actions have been a manifestation of who our daddy really is, if we could say it that way. So Jesus also made this very apparent in John chapter 8 when he was in the temple uh, teaching. And, and I, have, I have about 14 verses to read from here. And I do apologize, baby. That's why I have so many slides today. Because if I don't try to put it all on one, then it becomes bigger so we can all see. Uh, so if you could read along with me in John chapter 8, verses 31 through 45. So I want to make this very clear. Is that now this was Jesus talking to the people that was following him. These were people that wanted to be his disciples. These are people that, that, that wanted to be a part of his ministry. And so, so what happens is when truth comes out, then so usually, you know, we've, we've all seen this before. Maybe some of us don't like this image, but we've all been in a place before. You go somewhere, you turn the lights on and you might see roaches. And what happens when the lights come on? Man, they disappear, son. So, and this is what happens when the truth comes forward. And, and, and maybe that's a poor example, but everybody, so I got a few smiles out of that. So, I, so everybody kind of imagined with me on that. You know, is that here, and we're going to see the very, well, we might not see it because this is in the later part of John chapter 8, but people begin to disappear because of a truth. So, in other words, when the light was turned on, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the light. You know, so the light was turned on, truth was revealed, and people begin to scatter. And, and sometimes we, we see that when, when, when we have a church or when we have a ministry, and, and, and they preach such divine truth when they actually preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. They, they preach it in a manner that the light, the light switch has been turned on. So people are going to do one or two things. They're either going to get right with God or they're going to leave. They're going to do one or the other. Because you, you, how many times you, we can't stand in front of that fire pit but so long before it says, okay, man, that thing's hot. <laughs> I got to get away from that. So they begin to take a back seat on that. So follow me here at John chapter 8, verses 31 through 45. And Jesus said to the people who believed in him. So, so again, we talked about, he was talking about people that wanted to, wanted to be his disciples. So he said to the people who believed in him, you are truly, 
let's just stop right there. You are truly, that means, it didn't say falsely, right? So if there's a truth, there's a false to every truth, right? There's a good to every wrong. There's a right to every wrong. There's a good to every bad. There's a, there's a light to every dark. So, so, so there's always an opposite. There's always a something that, that, that's always trying to counter. But Jesus wanted to make this known that you are truly my disciples. And so he wanted to make sure that he's telling, me, telling them that you are really a disciple if. You are truly my child if. You are truly my what? My heir, my weos. You are really you are really my, my, my child by the way that you act. And, and so Jesus follows suit with this. You are truly my disciple if you remain faithful to my teachings. Well, what does the word remain? Just off the top of your head, what do you think remain means? To continue in, to abide within. To, to make you to, to be abode to to, to uh, just really just continue in to remain in something if, if I remain in love with you then I'll, I'll continue to be in love with you so Jesus made this very clear that you are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teaching so what would be the opposite of that you are a false disciple if you what if you leave, if you don't continue in what I've been teaching you. So, so now, like I said, today might seem to be a little harsh and it might seem to be a little rude, but the reality is, is if Jesus spoke just to the people that wanted to follow Him, so what was He going to do here? He was going to separate the sheep from the what? From the goats. Just like He says in Matthew chapter 25, I believe it is, that when He comes back, He said that I'll separate the sheep from the goat. If you begin to think about a sheep and a goat, if you close your eyes for just a minute or just imagine in your head, you hear a goat. Bah! What does the sheep sound like? Bah! What's the reality? What they resemble. Who they really are. Who they really are. They may sound a lot. So there's a lot of people in the church. There's a lot of people that call themselves men. And, and I'm, I'm, the more that I talk about this word, the more that I dislike the, the way that people has misused the word Christian. Because so many people will label themselves as such, but yet they don't fulfill a role that they've been called to do. Well, I want to be a project manager at my work. Okay, well, a project manager's position does this, it does this, it does this. No, no, no. I just want the title. I want the money that comes with it, and I want the title. I don't want to do none of the work. And we got too many people trying to... Trying to, trying to be in a position of a title and they're not fulfilling the role that they've been called to be. So, so Jesus made this very plain for the people that wanted to be His followers, the people that just wanted to be a disciples, people that wanted to be believers. He went ahead and just put this out. Hey, this is your job. This is You want the title? Well, here's the title. Here's, the, here's what goes with it. If you want to believe in me, Here's what it is. Here, you truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings. Man, I ain't even got to verse number two yet and we're already on the roll. Let's keep rolling here. Verse 32, and he said, You will know the truth and the truth will set you free. If you think about that for just a moment. Did he say, did he say the truth will set you free? He said knowing the truth will set you free. Knowing the truth, knowing Jesus Christ, because Jesus Christ is what He is, truth. 
He is the truth. And He said, you shall know Him. So to know somebody, we go back to the, to the Greek word of this, is this a sexual term? To know is to have like social intercourse with them. To know them is to have intimacy with God, to have intimacy with God through Jesus Christ and through the Holy Spirit. And, and that is knowing the truth. That is knowing what truth is. And the truth will set you free. Let me just continue on here. And here's what they said. But we are descendants of Abraham, they said. We have never been slaves to anyone. What do you mean? You shall be free. Jesus replied here again. I mean, Jesus like, man, I, I got to tell you the truth. I tell you the truth. Some versions say, verily, verily, I say unto you, or verily, verily, the truth that I tell you. But here's what my translation I'm reading. It said, Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. Everyone who sins is a what? is a slave of sin. That's just, that's blunt, right? I mean, that's black and white. It's got sharp edges on it, but it's true. So that means we, we got to stay in the middle here. So a slave is not a permanent member of the family, but a son is a part of the family forever. Now let's just read that again because we just talked about the word uh, technon, which was a true descendant. Then we talked about the word weos, which means an heir to the throne or an heir based by, the, by their political stance or by the way that they display their character. So here's what Jesus said again. So if the son, uh, so da, 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 verse 35, a slave is not a permanent member of the family. He's, he's talking about a uh, weos here. He's talking about a weas. They're not a permanent member of the family. But a son is part of the family forever. So if the son sets you free, you're truly free. And well, if the son has set you free, then you're truly free. Then, but, but if that's off the basis of you shall know the truth, you shall have intimacy with me. And then that is what's going to make you free. Verse 37, he said, yes, I realize that you are descendants of Abraham. Talking about the word technon here. You are true descendants of Abraham, and yet you are trying to kill me because there's no room in your heart for my message. So, I mean, I mean, so literally was Jesus was also telling him, hey, man, I'm not hitting your toes. I'm aiming for your heart. And because I'm trying to be inside of your heart, I'm trying to be a part of your life. Your life is so filled with other things that you don't have room for me. You can't accept this truth that I'm bringing here today. And man, the light switch is, is in the position of coming on, guys. I'm telling you. I'm telling you the light switch is coming on. And I know if we just had a church full of people this morning, they might not be back after this Sunday. They might even get up and walk out while we're preaching. But that's okay because we're going to preach this truth because this truth needs to be heard today. He's in a, so he continues on in verse 38. He said, I am telling you what I saw when I was with my father. But you are following the advice of your father. So if we could put that in our today's title your daddy you're following the advice of your daddy our father is Abraham they declared no Jesus replied if you were really the children of Abraham you would follow his example instead you're trying to kill me because I told you the truth which I heard from God Abraham never did such a thing verse 41 no you are imitating your real father, they replied. 
we aren't illegitimate children. God Himself is our true Father. Jesus told them, If God were your Father, you would love Me. Because I have come to you from God. I am not here on my own, but He sent Me. Verse 43, He said, Why can't you understand what I'm saying? It's because you can't hear Me. Because you can't hear me. So when we go back to verse 42, he said, Jesus told them, if God were your father, you would love me. So if, we, now if our mind can go back, and I know that I positioned this last week, uh, about, and, and I know somebody on, online heard what I said because I had a hit on that video this week, and I saw it. And I talked about the perfect love, talking about the love question. You know, if we love someone, then God's not calling us to a feeling of love. He's called us to an action of love. He's not called us to phileo. He's called us to agape. So, so he said, if, if God were your father, then you would. And here's what he said. Here's when you translate this word here. He said, you would agape me. You would agape me. I would love you regardless of my situation. I will love you regardless of what people think about me. I'm going to love you regardless of what's going on in my life. I'm going to love you regardless if anything's going the way that I foresee that it should be going. I'm still going to love you. So let's go on down to verse 44. If you had a red letter Bible right now, you would see. What's the red letter Bible? Anybody real fast. Jesus. It's the words of Jesus Christ. So these, so these were the words that were spoken by Jesus Christ. So when I turn to my Bible and, 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 and I look at like verse 40, 44, some of you may see it, some of you may not. These are red letters. And that means these are the words of Jesus Christ. And these are the words that Jesus Christ was speaking to the people here. So let's go to verse 44. And, and let's just really dive into this part right here. He said, for you are the children. Here we go. This word children here is not the word weos. This is the word technon here. You are the true descendants of your father, the devil. And you love to do the evil things he does. Now, what, what, now, now, now let's just stop for a minute before we keep reading. What did they do? Did, did they spit at him? I mean, but did they shoot arrows at him? Did they take a slingshot out? Were they taking a knife and try to cut him? What was the reality of what they were doing here? They were denying who he was. They were denying who he was. And then yet he says that you are like your children of your father, the devil. And you love to do the evil things that he does. So Jesus broke this down real simple and real quick. That man's standard of good is not God's standard of God. God's standard is so much different than what man will call good. And what God calls evil is so much different than what man calls evil. Because Jesus just really put this just plain and simple. The evilness of that, your deceitfulness of that, is that you've rejected me. You've rejected the truth that is able to do what? Save your soul. We've rejected that. So, so when we so when we reject what God has to say to us, you know, so if we just think about it, let, 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 let me just continue here before I get on a tangent again. He said, you do, uh, you love to do the evil things he does. He was a murderer from the beginning. 
He has always hated the truth. Who was the truth now? Jesus Christ was truth. We're going to get into that here in just a minute. Because there is no truth in Him. When He lies, it is consistent with His character. For He is a liar and the father of lies. So when I tell you the truth, you just naturally don't believe me. So it became naturally because why? Because they were a descendant. They portrayed not only the characteristics, but they resembled who their daddy really was because they rejected a truth. They rejected the very thing that was able to change them from the inside out. And that's exactly what Jesus Christ does. That's exactly what happens when you allow this right here to get into your heart. And I'm not talking about your physical heart, but I'm just talking about the reality of your soul, who you really are. When you allow this to get in here, it can't help. When you fill a cup up, well, what happens? If I just keep pouring and pouring and pouring into that, what's it going to do? It's going to overflow. How many of us are living in an overflow? Are we living in an overflow? Are we allowing God to continue to pour in and to pour in and to pour into us till eventually that we do what? We pour out into others. We pour out to others because we can't contain but so much. But God has called us to touch lives and to reach lives. Uh, so let me get back to my notes here for just a minute. So this may be viewed as a manner of rudeness or being harsh. But I'll remind you again that Jesus told them this as well. You shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. Jesus didn't say that you shall hear the truth and be free. He said, but you will accept and receive my words as undeniable truth. That the words that he has spoken here, not only to these people today that were believers, now they did he not just did we not just read it beginning in verse 31? He said that those that believed in him, those that believed in him, and then all of a sudden now they're not believing the truth that he's speaking because this truth does what? It contradicts who I want to be. It contradicts what I've been taught in church. It contradicts uh, what I've been hearing. Uh, man has been making a, an interpretation of what the scripture says here. But the reality is, is, ladies and gentlemen, I'm just reading the black and white and red that's on these pages. I'm not sitting here making up words today. I'm telling you the truth, the realness of what Jesus Christ is saying here. So when we get back to that and we think about it, I believe it's in John chapter 12 or maybe 14. Don't quote me on that. But Jesus said, I, you know, I, I didn't come to condemn the world. I didn't come to judge the, word, the world. But the words that I have spoken, what is the words that He has spoken? Because Jesus Christ, John 1 and 1, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was God, and the Word was with God. So Jesus Christ is the Word of God. He said, and the words that I have spoken to you would judge you on that day. So we know how we're going to take the test. Or actually, should I say, we know how we're going to be judged and scored by the test that we're taking right now. And we spoke this several weeks ago that you keep taking the test until you what? Until you pass it. Until you pass it. And then one day it's going to be too late to take the test if we continue to fail and fail and fail and fail. So, so, uh, so, so get back to what I was saying here. So, you know, he said, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. Jesus didn't say that you shall hear the truth and be free, but you will accept his words and his words are undeniable truth. When we believe the lies of Satan, somebody needs to hear this today. When we believe the lies of Satan, just like we witness in these passages, we have ultimately rejected the truth. When we believe what Satan says, 
we've rejected the truth. Just like he, he called them here. He called them, he called the kettle black, right? Anybody heard that saying? Yeah. Maybe not. Some of y'all are a little younger in here, but don't call the kettle black. Um, but that's exactly what Jesus did here. So when we believe Jesus Christ, which is the Word of God, then we believe truth. And this very same passage must be proclaimed not only here today, but throughout the whole world. And that was part of my prayer this morning. I said, Lord, let that truth, no, Lord, not just the, the truth from this scripture, but let the truth of your word be preached today. Because there'll be people that'll show up today just to be there to support their father, just like it is on Mother's Day, just like it is on Easter and Christmas. And maybe even Thanksgiving, people will show up for church when they won't show up any other time. So I just ask, I ask the Lord for absolute truth to be preached today all throughout the world because this was the truth that the world needs to hear. So this message of acceptance of truth that Jesus not declare in John chapter 14, verse 6, He said, Jesus told them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Can we notice the preface of I am? I am. What did God, who did God tell Abraham that he was in the book of Exodus? He said, he said, he said, Lord, because Moses, man, Moses saw a burning bush. He saw a burning bush, so he had to go investigate. And when he went and investigated, the bush began to talk to him. Now, now let me ask y'all a realistic question. If you, let's just say you're out in the cut somewhere. Now, let's just think, ain't nobody with you. Now, you're alone. You're out in the cut somewhere. And you see a bush on fire, but it's not burning up. Okay, I'm going to investigate that, right? We'd probably go look at it. Okay, now all of a sudden, a voice is coming from the bush. What are we going to do next? <laughs> we're going to run like the wind. We're going to get out of there because we're going to think we're hallucinating. We're going to think that we're, going to, that we're seeing things. But yet, Moses stayed here and he, I don't want to say he entertained the voice, but he further investigated. We're hearing God speak to us. Are we further investigating what He has to say to us? Because at front, He's not going to. He's He's not going to. He's not going to give us all the ins and outs. We got to continue to sit there, and we got to continue to investigate. And, and and so the burning bush, which was Yahweh, it was God, spoke, and 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 He said, you know, go back to Egypt and free my people. Okay, so the very next question that Moses had, he's like, well, since you're a burning bush, just not burning, and you're talking from a bush, who do I tell them sent me? Bush baked beans or something? <laughs> I know that was God. I know that was bad, but, but who am I going to tell them sent me? I, I, there was this burning bush, and he told me to come free you. Hey, Moses, you started back drinking again, buddy. You got a drinking problem? I mean, you've been you've just been drinking too much that now you're hearing a bush talk to you. I, I, I'm just being funny, but being real here. So, so what did the bush say? He said, "Tell them that I am has sent you. I am that I am." So when we begin to interpret, uh, interpret, when we begin to translate or dig into this meaning, it means that I will be what I will be. So this is, I will be the way, I will be the truth, and I will be the life. 
what else is there so 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 here here's here's uh, i mean i could just preach on that all day long too but here's another thing how many times has the truth offended us when somebody said something to us now i mean i've been there a lot when people has told me the truth and i'm like you, you like right at that point what did you do you just I mean you just zeroed them out right you just cancel them you're like Man, that really that hit home and that hurt my feelings, and and it, but it it was truth and a, truth is offensive, it really is. Now now truth has to be spoken in love, and if it ain't spoken in love, then there needs to be apologetics that follows suit with that, and not only apologetics but but your actions will align it with that as well. But how many times has the truth really been offensive? So was Jesus not also known as the rock of offense? the rock of offense. Now turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 8. And it said, And He is the stone that makes people stumble, the rock that makes people fall. They stumble because they do not obey God's Word, and so they meet the fate that they were planned for them. Romans chapter 9, verses 32 and 33. I'll be uh, uh, NLT version. It said, And they stumbled over the great rock in their path. God warned them in this, well, warned them of this in the scriptures when he said, I am placing a stone in Jerusalem that makes people stumble, a rock that makes them fall. But anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. So if we begin to look at it, a stumbling block is also translated as a rock of offense. A stone that will cause you to stumble. So if we begin to, if we begin to, um, if we just begin to think about that, it, we've all tripped over something, right? So we've either tripped over it or we've used it to propel us forward, right? So, so the question here is, is this rock's going to do one of two things. This rock right here is going to do one of two things. And what is this rock? This, this rock is, it is a stumble block. It is the rock of offense, which is Jesus Christ, because Jesus Christ is truth. So when He is the I am the truth, then He is the absolute truth. So, so when we think about it, that this rock is either going to cause you to fall or it's going to cause you to stumble. Or it's going to crush you. What should I say? So it's either going to cost you to fall, or it's going to cost you to uh, to be crushed. So when we begin to think about, it, when we begin to think about a rock that will cause us to stumble, well, when I fall, a lot of times I fall what? I'll fall to my knees. But if that rock, if if I trip over that rock and then that rock falls on me, then what happens? It crushes me. It destroys me. So one way or the other, I'm either going to be humbled or I'm going to be crushed by this truth. The question is, is what are you going to do with this absolute truth that's being spoken here today? Is it in one ear and out the other? Did it go into your ear? Did it penetrate into your heart? And will it produce the, 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 the thing that God has called us to be, which is the, the we us? is the display of our stance for our political stance or by the dis and the display of our character and what God's called us to do. So I want to get a little, like I haven't already been personal enough here this morning. I want to dive on into 1 John chapter 3. 
So let's get real here. Let's get a little bit realer than real. Every verse four, everyone who sins is breaking God's law. For all sin is contrary to the law of God. And you know that Jesus came to take away our sins and there is no sin in Him. So anyone who continues to live in a manner, uh, I'm excuse, excuse me, anyone who continues to live in Him will not sin. Did it say that they might not sin? It said that they will not sin. But anyone who keeps on sinning, well, what does that mean to keep consent? Because we talked about, he talked when we when we saw Jesus in John chapter 8, he talked about those that remain are what? My true disciples. So, so now John uses the same word, but he uses the word continues, which carries the same meaning. So anyone who continues to live in him will not sin. But anyone who keeps on, which means to remain, anybody that continues to sin, does not know him or understand who he is. So again, if we go back to this word to know, it is a sexual terminology in the Greek, and it's kind of like to have a social type intercourse, to be intimate with somebody through communication. So they have no relationship with God if they continuously sin. If they keep on sin, in other words, that we could use for keep on sin, it means to be what? To habitually sin to be practicing sin. Now, we all stumble, we all fall. I get that. The question is, is how many times do we trip over the same rock and being crushed instead of being humble? So we're going back here. So anyone who keeps on sinning does not know or understand who he is. Verse 7, Dear children, Dear children, don't let anyone deceive you about this. When people do what is right, it shows they are righteous, even as Christ is righteous. So again, we're seeing what God's standard of good is. To be righteous means to be without fault, to be without flaw, to live in a holy type of lifestyle. And I'm not saying that we're holier than thou people. That's not what God has called us to be. He called us to be holy as He is holy. Verse 8, He said, But when people keep on sinning, oh, listen to this now. But when people keep on sinning, that means what? When they continue to sin or when they habitually sin or they sin knowingly, it shows that they belong to the devil who has been sinning since the beginning. You know, it's kind of like this is the same John that's writing 1 John that wrote the book of John. He was just at two different age periods here and when that he was writing this. But it's, this is the same John. This was the one called the beloved of, of, of Christ. This was the one that Jesus loved. It's because of how he devoted himself to Jesus Christ. So, so we're seeing him speak something that he heard Jesus speak. Now don't, don't get it twisted. Just because he wrote the book of John, we just explained that that book of John was in red, which means they were the words of Jesus Christ. So John, again, is placing emphasis on what he heard Jesus speak here. So I'm going to read it again. But when people keep on sinning, it shows that they belong to the devil who has been sinning from the beginning. But the Son of God came to destroy the works of the devil. Those who have been born into God's family do not make a practice of sinning because God's life is in them. So they can't keep on sinning because they are 
Weos of God. They are heirs to God by the display of their actions. So now we can tell who are the children of God and who are the children of the devil. Anyone who does not live righteously and does not love another believer, love other believers, does not belong to God. Again, this word love is not phileo. It's not a feeling of love. It's an action of love. God's called us to action. He's not called us to a feeling. Because if I, if I, if I live my life, if I live my life for God, if I, if I pursue, continue in this ministry, it can't be based off of my feelings. It's got to be based off of my love for God, my undeniable love for Him. And, and, and like I said, it's become uh, this whole process is refining for me because you might see me up here from Sunday to Sunday preaching the Word. But ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to tell you, just like anybody else, I'm going through the fire too. I'm being refined because there's still things in me that's not of God. So when we when we place that gold in the furnace and it becomes liquefied, well, what happens to things that are not real will surface. And so I still see things in my life that's surfacing. And I'm saying, God, remove them, remove them from me. The question that I have to pose, and the, really the statement for me, is how long am I going to allow Him to remove these things? Or how long should it take to remove these things? You know, the children of Israel, they had an option. You know, and, and here was their option was that, you know, uh, Moses said, Hey, let my people go that they may worship me in the wilderness. That they may worship me in the wilderness. Again, the word worship is a lifestyle that's dedicated unto God. So it was a refining process for them. But did it really take that long to get to the promised land that they never even saw? They traveled for 40 years and they walked around in circles. Why did they walk around in circles? It's because they never allowed God to remove the things from their life that wasn't Him. They continued to worship idols. They continued to grumble and complain. They continued to walk in disobedience. And finally God said this, you know what? I'm so sick of you. You know what? You're not even going to go to the promised land. I brought you out to worship me. And in worshiping me, there was a reward that went with it. And because you can't get to this stage and you want to go to this stage, but you can't get to this stage until you go through this stage. You can't get to the promise until you worship who the promiser is. And when we worship who the promiser is, then we can receive the promise that God has for us. And, and because if we go to the promised land, if we, we're trying to build a bypass around God and try to go to the good things. We're trying to go to the good things by building a bypass. And when we build a bypass, then, then we're trying to get to the promise. So what, what, what will happen? We never become satisfied in that. When you buy a brand new car, man, it's like an old hat next week. I've done wart, I done drove it. It doesn't fancy me no more. But see, when it never became a fancy for you, when it became about it's God's, you know, because my trucks are my new trucks are a year old and it's already been in the body shop two times. And two different times people's looked at me and it's like, man, I would be mad as fire. But I gotta be real honest with you. It didn't bother me at all. Because I don't worship the truck. I don't worship the promise. I worship the promiser. 
And that's where my heart is. If I could, boy, I got stuck on that if, didn't I? <laughs> Help me out here. I'll just wait for somebody to laugh at me. I'm pretty sure people online may have laughed at me already. Uh, but let me get back to my notes here. So I'm not sure if it becomes any plainer than what we just read here in Scripture. I'm just going to be real honest with you. Here is the rock of offense we just spoke about earlier. This, this same truth. This truth will humble you or it will cause you to be crushed. How we are identified by how we live. How we walk before men. The example of Christ that people see in us. John emphasized to not let anyone deceive you about this truth. How will you handle this today? How will you handle this? Because John said, don't let nobody deceive you. Don't let nobody teach you anything different. And it's not because I'm teaching this. I'm just relaying what I remember Jesus saying in, in John chapter 8. I'm just relaying what he had already spoken. I'm just placing emphasis. So, so Pastor James is here today and I'm continuously placing emphasis on this truth that this rock of offense is going to do one or two things. It's going to crush you or it's going to humble you. So let's not confuse with a standard of what man has called good and what is God. You, we, we, we just we got to hear that again. Don't confuse what man has called a standard of good with what is a standard of God. We must keep our focus on the prize of Jesus Christ and pressing into the holiness that God has called us to. So in closing today, I want to read in Romans chapter 6, verses 15 through 16. And, and, and I decided to do this in the TPT translation because of it, it, the way that it sounded, the way that the words just flowed from, from that passage of Scripture. Romans chapter 6, verses 15 through 16. Here's what Paul spoke to the church, the Roman church, or really to the church he spoke to us. He said, what are we to do then? Should we sin to our heart's contents since there is no law to condemn us anymore? What a terrible thought. How could we ever really think so? If we put this in the King James translation, is should we sin just because grace may abound? Should we sin just because we can be forgiven? If we sin just because we can be forgiven, then we've done what? We have taken the blood of Jesus Christ and we have truly neglected it by the way that we live because we just, oh, I'm just going to, thank you for inviting me into your home. You feed me all the time. You clothe me. Uh, you, you, you help me get a bath. You know, you provide the water for me to wash. You know, but when I walk by you, I'm just going to spit on you every time I walk by. How, how, how long do you really think you're going to stay in the house? How long do you think that you're going to be friends with somebody when you treat them like that? Let me continue on here. Verse 16, he said, don't you realize that grace frees you to choose your own master. Isn't that beautiful? But choose carefully, for you surrender yourself to become a servant, bound to the one you choose to obey. If you choose to love sin, it will become your master. It will own you and reward you with death. But if you choose to love and obey God, he will lead you into perfect righteousness. I mean, just uh, again, we, we're going back to the black and white. It, uh, we maybe we've all we've all seen a 4K video 
or 4K, you know, now they have the 8K out. But it seems to be more real life than, than real life because it's so vibrant, it's so real, and you can see the richness of all the details. Ladies and gentlemen, this 8K message, man, I should preach that one day, an 8K yeah. message, has been brought today in a reference that it's just really plain. It's so simple to see, but oftentimes we overlook things. So, 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 you know, you know we, we, we had a series a little while back, we, we called it The Overlook, and it was a prequel to the bigger picture. But here was one of the things that just really stood out to me. Because I, I, began, to, I began to think is, how can you overlook something? To overlook something means that you never looked at it before. You either never looked at it, or you're, not, you're, you're facing the opposite direction. Have we turned our back on God? Have we turned our back on this truth? So, so I'm going to read my notes here and we'll, we'll go to a close. So, so we get the option of choosing our father. So and that's where we hence we get today's title is, Who's your daddy? Who's your daddy? Who will you choose today? So that means, so that means we get to choose. We get to choose who our father is. And it's one or the other. We don't, we don't get the privilege like we have here in real life that we can have more than one person that we can look up to as a mentor. But we have to choose here because we got to choose between what's right and choose between what's wrong. So upon this choosing, will you be the weos, the one that is adopted but is entitled to the same rights and privileges from the basis of your political stance or by the display of your character? Your choice must be accompanied by actions by how we manifest. We serve the one true living God. His actions of characteristics have been manifested by I am. Because I will be what I will be. And that's what God has called us all to, ladies and gentlemen. And, and I know that this has been a truth that maybe he's not wanting to be hurt today. Maybe it's a truth that, okay, well, maybe I can just tune it out. Because sometimes we've turned a TV show on or we've turned something on the radio before, but we get occupied with something else and we begin to do what we begin to tune out what's in the background. And, and this may may just be background noise for you today, but the reality is, is once you've heard truth, you can't unhear truth. You can't unhear the very thing. He said, you shall know the truth, and then what? The truth shall set you free. You can't unhear the very truth that's been spoken here today. So it's, it's laid before us today. It's who we're going to choose as being our father. Who's your daddy today? Who's your daddy? Who do you choose? And that's only a choice that you can make you can make and each one of us here and even those that may be viewing us online that's only a choice that you can make i can't make that choice for you if i could i would but then how genuine would it be how genuine would that choice be if i chose for you so i remember just being a kid most of the time your parents made your plate right and they chose what you eat and how much of it that you give and then sometimes you're just like, well, I don't, I don't want no green beans. I don't want eat them. I put them on your plate. You didn't get a choice. But ladies and gentlemen, I'm telling you here today, you have a choice. You get to choose today. You get to fix your own plate. So what are you going to choose to put on your plate? Something that's not going to be good for you or something that is going to be good for you? Because everything that's good for you doesn't taste good. 
vegetables don't really taste good, especially when they're really, really bland or something, you know. But the reality is, is that they're good for you. And, and, and vegetables also have carbohydrate, carbohydrates in them. So you can eat those and get your carbohydrates instead of eating a honey bun. Mm. Or instead of, you know, drinking that sweet tea. I like sweet tea. I, we all do, Tom. But uh, so anyway, so, so I just, that, that challenge is there for you today to choose. And to choose not just wisely, but choose correctly. In the book of Deuteronomy, he said, I set before you this day life and death, blessings or cursings. He said, choose. It became a choice for the children of Israel in the Old Testament in the book of Deuteronomy. It was a choice. That choice hasn't changed today. Let me pray with you. Dear Lord, we just thank you today. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, for this absolute truth, Lord, that's been brought to us today. A word, Lord, that is a challenge of, Lord, of who our Father is, as we've read through Scripture, as we've read Your words, Lord, if we've read other people's that's placed emphasis on Your Word about who we really are, as about who we portray, who we act like, by, by the display of the characters, characteristics of, of what we are, is who we are and who we belong to. It's not a basis of who we've been born by, but who we've been adopted by. So, Lord, today we, we've all made wrong decisions, Lord. But I pray, Lord, today, Lord, that we, would, that we would choose, Lord, the very thing, Lord, that we would choose the right Father, that we would choose the right Daddy, that we would choose to follow the very one Father, Lord, that has loved and cared for us so much that you died for us. Lord, I don't ever remember reading in Scripture where Satan died for us. I, I don't remember him ever giving up anything for us other than in, in the book of John chapter 8 is that he was the father of lies. So, so if he's the father of lies, then that's all he can ever birth is a lie. So, Lord, today, Lord, we choose, Lord, I speak, Lord, on behalf of myself and my family, Lord, on behalf of the congregation and those that may be viewing us, Lord, today. Lord, I choose life for all of us. We choose, Lord, that you would be our Father, Lord, that we will portray you, that we would be the weos that you've called us to be, to be that heir, Lord, to display who our Father really is. Lord, help us today, Lord, not to only to choose it, but to walk in it. Lord, bless those, Lord, that may be watching us. Lord, bless those that are sitting here with us today. Lord, that you will bless the remainder of our day. Lord, that you will bless the remainder of, of this day, Lord, that we've set aside as people that to, 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 to not place men or fathers on a pedestal, but yet, Lord, just to honor them for the role that, that you've called them to walk in and to fulfill. So, Lord, we just thank you, Lord. Be with us, Lord. We thank you. We glorify you. We honor you and we praise you in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord. Amen and amen.